You're on the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love, and we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Yes, we are back to talk about the action event of the fall, <laughs> The Woman King. Yes, this was one of my, I think, anticipated films. If I didn't admit it on the podcast, I have been excited and intrigued um, by this film. Uh, it is Viola Davis. Uh, it's about the um Ajoji warriors aka the amazons like um i mean i didn't really know a lot about them except that there was a you know there's always talk of the amazonian warriors and so this was are meant the, to be an exploration are the amazons like the the original ones are they different than this well i was like oh, were they greek oh <laughs> like you mean like wonder woman amazons well, like the like phrase like Amazon women, that doesn't come from this group, does it? I feel like that's an older phrase. Oh, I guess I don't know if they're Greek per se. I or like well, I I th- I want to say they're like a Greek myth. Why? Are they cause, well, or are they South American? Because there's the river. I'm looking. I don't up. know. That's just what they're Amazon also known as. Warriors. The Dahomey Amazons. Well, right, but no, but okay, wait. Amazons. Here we go. Here we go. In Greek mythology, the Amazons are portrayed in a number of ancient epic poems and legends. They were a group of female warriors and hunters who beat men in physical agility and Love strength, that. in archery, riding skills, and the arts of combat. Their society was closed for men, and they only raised their daughters, either killing their sons oh gosh, or returning dream. them to their fathers, with whom they would only socialize briefly in order to reproduce. <laughs> socialize. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, Amazons, they sound great. We should get more movies about the Amazons, because I think it's dope. And this movie proved it. Um, and you I, famously did like that long obstacle course sequence in Wonder Woman 1936 yes. or whatever it was called. 86. <laughs> yes, sure. 36. That would have been a doozy. Um, no, but The Woman King. Uh, I mean, yeah, so it's based on a true story about the uh, Kingdom of Dahomey in West Africa in the like Benin. 1820s, I think. Uh <laughs> The dates, yes, and during the 1820s. Yeah. And um, so it follows this tribe um, led by the King Gezo, played by John Boyega, and then starring all these women, Viola Davis, Thuso Medu, Lashana Lynch, um, and then... Uh, yeah, and then there's like, then there's a couple, then there's one white person. Rafe yeah. finds is a... <laughs> A uh, nephew who was in the Harry Potter movies and is also oh wow I didn't even recognize him yeah he's um uh, I think he's young Tom Riddle no that's played by is he not oh maybe young Tom Riddle 
Okay, I could see that. I think he is. And I then he's also the in that movie. he's also in whatever that horny um, movie series is. You know the one that was like the horny movie series. It was sort of like like low key porn. I wanna say it was like fan fiction of or something. No. After. After. Oh. After. <laughs> yes, he played he portrayed the, the Harry Styles Tom, fan fiction. Tom Riddle, yes. <laughs> Anyways, he's hot. He plays a slave trader, <laughs> as you will. Yeah, and that you found that that worked for you. Matt. Well, no, he well he's that not hot in this you. movie. He's oh, not okay. hot in this because he also has a terrible wig and like sideburns and stuff. But anyway, <laughs> we're getting sidetracked here. Anyways, um, this was directed by Gina Prince by the Wood, who you might remember from our episode on the Old Guard, which she also yes. directed. Right, which, which I was excited to see. That's why you were pumped about this from the jump, was because. Yes. This was from believer. the old guard lady, um, <laughs> Gina Prince, by the wood. And uh, are we getting an old guard too? I thought we were, I think but we are, but I don't know this. So unclear. Um, but no, this was a big undertaking. Um, in like 2015, I think it was first pitched by a white woman. <laughs> it's interesting the things that get made. Uh, but a white woman wrote like a. Sh- a white woman went to West Africa and heard about this tribe, thought it would make a great movie, pitched like a short story, worked on that with another white woman, and they went to different producers, um, eventually found a woman willing to produce on it, and they spent the next few years trying to get it made. But of course, everyone was like, oh, I don't know. How would we How would we like profit off of this film about black people? I just don't see that working out. And it wasn't until the success of Black were Panther. White? Think about that. What if yeah. we recast it? <laughs> yeah, they're like, mm, what if, I don't what know. What Paltrow played the yeah. Huh? <laughs> like, is What about uh, that? Yeah. Is, um, Oh no, Ghost in the Shell, is she available? Oh, Scarlett uh, Johansson, <laughs> yes. She would be great in this. Uh, get a little bronzer there, it'll work. But um, after Black Panther was su- such a success, that meant studios were more open to funding this. And uh, they were able to find partners to produce it. And then there's been some like drama with it, which I'm sure we'll get into. But yes. the main point is that Viola Davis was always on board, but Lupita Nyong'o was originally cast as one of the other main characters um, and stepped back. And part of that was because of the controversy around this particular tribe or kingdom and, um, and kind of the history there. And, I feel like that was interesting because I didn't I didn't know any of that going into it. I I saw it like opening weekend, so I don't think the discourse oh had been as loud gosh. online. The girl who replaced her, Tuso Medbedu, is thirty one. Oh, I thought wow. she was she like fourteen. Really young. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They anyways. all looked. It was a beautiful cast. They all looked great. I mean, Viola Davis was doing the most in the best way. Even John Boyega was like really good and in the this. fact that viola davis like has a weird walk really worked in this movie <laughs> i will say it was not working in how to get away with murder but it is working here <laughs> yeah uh, yeah well i mean yeah i guess overall like you know you you came out of it at a tiff and really liked it and so yes. that's what i knew i went into it excited and i walked away really liking it i will say it's interesting watching a movie that exists in like a very terrible reality, which is the African slave trade and like 
just sitting as a white person being like, wow, we really fucked up this continent, basically. And like how sad to see, um, you know, what was lost. Because something I really liked about this movie is that they are so like, I don't know, like they're unapologetic about like the strength and beauty of this kingdom and like the the colorfulness like it wasn't drab it wasn't like done in those ugly yellow tones that you usually get when you're watching some sort of like movie set in outside of america yes this wasn't like amistad yeah it was very rich and everyone was like all the costumes all the details the dancing the music it was so stunning and just like on a just on a very you know, superficial level. It was just so beautiful. And you're just like, wow, what could have been? Like, what could have been? And it's different than watching something like Black Panther, which is very much fantasy. Whereas this is like, oh shit, like you're stuck feeling like this was true to a point. Like obviously every movie takes uh, liberties, which we'll also get into. Um, But it was just like, it was interesting watching it and feeling that, but then also enjoying it as like a really well done action movie. And I wondered if you had any of that sort of, I don't know, kind of discomfort or kind of like white guilt, I guess. (laughs) I mean, definitely, because you do, I mean, we don't get very many black ensemble films in general. And, And most of the ones that we do get are set in the u.s usually and have to deal with either slavery or racism or some kind of negative uh thing so i was sort of excited going into this one to be seeing a completely black cast for the most part i didn't realize i i hadn't seen the trailer before this Mm. um so i didn't realize that the slavery aspect was going to be in it at all i thought it was just going to be you know like right you know, set in the 1500s or whatever, like before anybody else even got to the continent. But yeah, once the slavery aspect sort of reared its head here, it's, it's sad to watch in a, in a way that I think is similar to when you're watching movies that have to do with um, native Americans as well, where you're like, they had such a like rich culture and so many interesting things and like the way that the world would be different if we had just sort of like arrived and treated them even halfway respectfully (laughs) rather than showing up and being like well we have guns and they don't have guns so therefore we can make them you know we can kill them we can do whatever the hell we want with them um is always sort of like a discomforting and eerie sort of feeling because you're watching because even as you're watching this movie and this tribe um, and, you know, like, and these warriors and they're, you know, attaining victories in places, you know, like in the history that these sort of places in Africa were either a like completely pillaged and decimated or B were left with such in such like horrible wrecked conditions that in a lot of ways that then created like these corrupt governments and the colonialism and just all like all of the bad things yeah, that are coming work out. Well, yeah. So even though this it. is like a big studio film and has like a very sort of standard studio film arc that has a happy ending, you're like, but this doesn't actually have a happy ending because like 
this is going to end poorly in one of 50 different ways that <laughs> white people are responsible for at some point. Yeah. Um, like these people don't know what's coming for them, but something evil is coming down the pike, <laughs> even if they've sort of survived uh, this. So yeah. there was like a weird kind of melancholy over it, I thought. Yeah, I think that's a good way to say it. Like it was just like at the heart of it, like this is just a really well crafted action film. Like the the action itself is so mesmerizing and kind of brutal, but also really empowering and, and, and you know, kind of badass to see uh, these women warriors and how they fight and how they can stand their ground against the bigger foes. Um, and so it is kind of this like underdog story. You're rooting for Viola Davis, who's, who's leading this pack of women warriors. Um, she, but what I like about the movie and what helps it feel more rooted in reality, but also not wallowing in, and wallowing is not the right word because it would have been fair if they decided to be more somber. Um, but it's, it's like they didn't shy away from the realities of the time, even though they didn't bother sitting in the uh, grief of it and the, uh, yeah, the abuse of it. Like, like you said, when we think of Viola Davis films, when we think of black led films, you get like 12 years a slave and you get, uh, you know, these really sad, abusive uh, trauma porn style uh, films. And this was much more focused on the triumphant, the empowered, the strength. And so you were allowed to enjoy and root for this group of people without having to sit there and like watch them be beat and kind of suffer in real time. Obviously this movie isn't, you know, happy go lucky. It's not, (laughs) it's like there's battles and there's death and there's loss, but I think it was an interesting, well-balanced exchanging of tone where it was like, it was willing to engage with the subject matter, which is that they are dealing with colonialism. They are dealing with the slave trade, but let's make this a triumphant look at it instead of, instead of sitting in like a biopic of depression and sadness for two and a half hours. It moves like your brave heart. It moves like gladiator. Yes. It feels very much like those old school nineties, big budget action movies and you have the same emotional pull to these characters where you want to root for them and you feel like oh this is a cool story in the process yeah i mean we'll get to the ending and i think to also the um sort of the controversy that surrounded this film um later but yeah i i think that this works really well as like a big budget sort of studio action four quadrants movie um and the movie that i kept thinking about while i was watching this was top gun earlier this year i feel like i mean in (laughs) so many ways they're completely different but they both are like very finely tuned um pieces of work where like the plot the plot to a very sort of like unrealistic way, like everything ties in together, right? Yeah. Where it's supposed to be all of, it hits all of the beats it needs to. It starts with an action scene. There's a middle action scene. There's one at the end, like everything ties back in. And you also like Top Gun and have this sort of um, 
like training kind mm-hmm. of movie that's also in there because Viola Davis is sort of in charge of this group of women warriors, but we are also seeing it through the eyes of Tuso Mabedo, who is uh, like a new trainee. And so it sort of has like a Mulan kind of quality where she's getting trained up and it's her and her friends. And they're sort of like, you know, going through these training exercises and, oh, we're in our first battle and that kind of thing. So you're following that storyline, but you're also following Viola Davis and the, and their tribes war with both one other tribe and also with the sort of the slavers in general and everything just kind of like ties in perfectly in a way that is very satisfying to watch even if it is sort of unrealistic and I can't imagine someone going to the theater and watching this and not being excited and drawn in and enjoy it in the end like I think even like my aunts and uncles and like cousins and things it's also rated PG-13 not R like there is violence but there's not like it's all like a little bit sanitized. Um, yeah, it's like Marvel so, action in a yes, way. Like yeah, less CGI, but the same sort of slitting of stomachs, not beheadings, you yes. know? <laughs> well, and it's nice to see a movie that feels like it's in that space, but is a fresh original idea and concept that's not a spinoff or a... Yeah you know, related to something already. Um, It's fun to see something like fresh. And obviously Top Gun wasn't like is a sequel, but it also had sort of, it was so unusual in how it was a sequel that it felt like something that um, was also fresh in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think um, the things that stood out were obviously like the action, which was so fresh and new that it felt like exciting to watch these battle scenes and the training sequences. And then on top of it, you just had great performances that really rooted the emotional appeal of these characters. Um, Obviously Viola Davis, she's just mesmerizing to watch. She's like a great actor. Um, And she really cares about these roles. And even talking about this one, you can tell she she called it like her magnum opus. She says this is like the most transformative experience of her life. And you can tell in the movie she's loving it. She's living it. She's feeling it. And you could understand why. You know, like dark-skinned Black women don't get a lot of roles. And Viola Davis has had to talk about that and contend with that through her illustrious career. But how hard it how long it took and how hard it was. And so seeing this movie, it was really like powerful to see the sheer diversity on screen. Like this wasn't like they're phoning it in with like background actors who are maybe a little bit, you know, <laughs> uh, we'll just pivot here. Like who cares? No, like everyone here belongs there. And I think it was also, I was sitting there being like, why are we pretending we don't have like, talented actors of color like why do we allow ourselves to be told that you know whether it's Fidel Castro being cast as like James Franco or whatever but just like the idea that oh we couldn't find such and such an actor oh we could only find like a light-skinned actress to play this character that was written as dark skin like no everyone in this movie was great like everyone was pulling their weight and I think I loved like the story of Nawi who is the the new warrior who's like too stubborn to get married. And so she's thrown into this all female um, 
warrior tribe. And then she has like this friendship with her sort of trainee slash manager, Isogi, uh, who is played by Lashana Lynch from like No Time to Die and Captain Marvel, who was sort of the emotional. I don't know. She was just so like. I loved her character. She's that classic, like, sort of comedic relief, but it also felt rooted in reality where all these characters have a story and the story felt believable. The story felt unique. And so you were able to, like, root for these characters and care about what happens to each of them. And it didn't feel canned in the way that some stories can, where it's just like, oh, played to type or, you know, like you have your... (laughs) I don't know, your generic sort of uh, stand-ins. This all felt like very interesting and I would have welcomed a spinoff about any of these characters. And I think that is a testament to the um, weight the writers were willing to give to this story rather than just playing it off as just an action film. I mean, I would be very surprised if we did not get a sequel to this. I feel like this is... I mean, it's only been out one week, but it surpassed the box office expectations in in its first yeah, in week. Its premiere, yeah. I think that it will continue to do well with word of mouth. I think it does have. I don't know if it's like a super awardsy movie necessarily because it hey, is. Hey, Braveheart and Gladiator can do it. Well, then no, she th- can that's do. what I was <laughs> like. I think that the action, like. I could see it easily. I mean, I think Viola Davis will probably get a Best Actress nomination out of this. Um, and I could see this getting into, like, the Best Picture 10 because it feels like something that, you know, could could easily take a spot there and get some craft nominations. Um, I'm not sure anybody else in the cast would be nominated but but i but what i'm saying is like i think that this will have like a long life i think in the next couple of months it will continue to do well so i definitely think that it's possible that we could get a sequel to this um because you know they could and it's easy to put them oh we have another mission oh they gotta kill a fort oh the tribe is the (laughs) i don't know if i'd want one i don't know i think i don't know if i'd want one either because it (laughs) has the potential to be bad but i'm just saying like i wouldn't be surprised if we did and there's a lot of like fertile ground I think here with these characters to continue on with them they're well developed um, and there's interesting things going on Um, yeah did you how the only subplot that I was sort of a little like "Eh, uh, do we need this is like the romance plot line (laughs) between her and the like um, I guess like half black half white biracial child yeah. of a slaver who's there as a slaver but then it's like wait these are my people um yeah. I, I was like okay i think we could have maybe done without this but really the that that's like a small yeah thing. i think this movie's weakness was maybe lingering too long on some on some aspects like i felt like it could have ended maybe 10 15 minutes earlier in some ways um because there were times where it was like, okay, I get it, but like, why are we still here? And that was one of them because I was fine with it at first, but I really expected him to get sort of, I expected his story to end in a different way. I thought either he'd be killed off or he would like abandoned, abandon the world he knew to stay in Africa and fight for his, you know, uh, 
his his people, which I don't know if I would have welcomed that. I really felt like he, I don't want to say deserved to die. <laughs> yeah, I thought he needed to die, though. I felt like it would have, yeah, like obviously he's not the worst person because he's a victim of his circumstances, too. Like it was clear, you know, for whatever reason, he was raised by his white father and his mother who was an enslaved African from the same tribe um, was able to tell him about it. And like, I don't know, I didn't understand him. I think he was based on someone who, who like sort of existed in a similar sphere as a, as a mixed person um, living in the sort of, I guess they were Brazilian, right? They were coming from Brazil or something somewhere in South America. I don't know. Um, Maybe Portugal. I don't know. (laughs) It wasn't like they were Portuguese of some variety. Yeah. Um, so it was like, I got why they had him there, but I think they indulged in too many asides of him being like, what? This is how they treat Africans? Like, it's like, what are you talking about? Your mother was a enslaved person. Like, whether or not she was cared for, she was telling you what was before and what she is now stuck in now. So it was like, I got sick of his sort of like, jaw dropped oh i can't believe my friend would do this type of thing um and i feel like if they wanted him to be this sort of like prissy i didn't think about it this way then he should have died and not like he should have been the only person to die but like i don't know it was weird to end it as it did because it kind of let him have this out where yeah he freed some slaves but the implication is he's gonna get on a boat and go back to his home right and continue his work with his father who's somehow related to the slave trade yeah yeah you don't really know what his next steps are yeah Um, it's sort of undefined which i guess maybe is another reason why we need a sequel (laughs) i would hate a sequel honestly the more i think about it because i think part of what makes this work is that it does kind of stick to the to the story, right? Like to the time period, at least. Like it fits. It takes liberties with its factual, like you know, history uh, in in source material, um, but it exists in a world that makes sense, and it gives an ending and a closure in a way that's acceptable without bridging into this sort of unrealistic, like magical realism fairy tale. And I think if they did a sequel, it'd be like, well, how does this tie back to the atrocities of the time without just being a repeat of the same story? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's I guess, talk about some of the controversy. <laughs> yeah. And the hashtag boycott the woman king um, uh, stance. So... I kind of don't understand why they decided to set this movie at this time period when they could have theoretically set it prior to the slave trade really taking off and just had it be between different African tribes without having to um, add in the slavery plot to it. But the historians have come out talking about this tribe, the Dahomey and saying that in the, in the movie, they're sort of portrayed as them and the other tribe, the Oyo are battling against each other and are both sort of like selling the people that they beat into um, 
slavery to the white men who come to Africa and that that's sort of how their economic system works. And that's why they're fighting against one another so they can sort of sell each other off to the white people. And then as the movie progresses, Viola Davis is like, we shouldn't be doing this. And so you get to the end and John Boyega is like, yeah, we're not going to sell people to the slavers anymore. Um, we're instead going to make our money by selling palm oil as sort of like a, uh, you know, like natural Trainable export. Good, yeah. Um, and it turns out that that did not happen in real life, that the Dahomey were notorious for selling other tribes people to um, white Europeans and that they never stopped doing this, that in fact they did this until finally the slave trade sort of ended in Europe and they were like, yeah, actually we don't need your slaves anymore. Um, and then the tribe eventually disintegrated due to imperialism later on. But that the that this is not historically accurate and that sort of this like rosy um, image of these, this tribe the Dahomey is not realistic and we should not be celebrating them as a group of people because actually they are part of the reason why so many Africans yeah. were sold into slavery. Um, and that because of that inaccuracy, we shouldn't go see the movie. Yeah. What were your, so I, I think since I saw this early, I didn't know about this controversy at all before it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Before I saw it, it wasn't something that was on my radar. Although I did think while I was watching it, like, this is a very, uh, like, this is all wrapping up very nicely. (laughs) And this is a very sort of, like, convenient ending of a situation that I was like, this had to have been more complicated. Because it's like, even, even just that aside like they burned down the slavers yeah like fort at the end and we're expecting that a bunch of white people don't come back and try to like get revenge and put them all in prison so i felt in my bones watching it like (laughs) this has been hollywoodized a bit but i didn't know anything about it until i got back yeah yeah i mean i think the controversy happened before the the movie even came out it was like wow this why would they choose this tribe of all the tribes like are they going to even address this and so a lot of that i saw around the boycotting is like actually they're slavers and it's like well that just proves you haven't really engaged with the film because it does talk about that like it doesn't pretend they weren't it doesn't pretend that that's part of their sorted past, you know, uh, it does acknowledge and kind of try to unpack that and the layers to that, which I appreciated. And I think, you know, it, if you want to get like technical, every single biopic ever made, every single historical film ever made takes huge liberties with the stories they choose, choose to tell, the way they sanitize it, the way they package it, the perspective they use, um, the glamorization or simplification kind of, uh, sanitization of these characters, these people, these real people, everything from like the greatest showman to to something like The Last of the Mohicans or Braveheart. Like there's no way to make a historically accurate historical film without it being a documentary. And you have to have that emotional story. You have to and have even that. documentaries are very... Yeah, <laughs> documentaries have know, their biases. Selective. Yeah. But I feel like... Um, 
I appreciated that this movie didn't try to pretend that they were always good, you know, like it felt like they were willing to engage in the discourse. Um, that being said, I totally don't feel like I can tell a black person how to feel about this movie or like, oh, you're wrong. Like this isn't, this doesn't glamorize the Dahomey tribe. Like if people don't want to see this, I'm totally understand why. And I can see why if you do have a stake in that history, um, maybe it's uncomfortable to see this sort of Hollywoodized in this way. Um, it's an impossibly cruel topic. It's it's horrific what what we've done to each other, and it's absolutely horrific to see the the issues of enslavement and colonization and colonialism happening. Um, that being said, I do think there's something different about white people going to a country and creating a problem, and the black people in that country surviving through that problem. And not to say I can like paint in broad strokes and. Uh, you know, deliver forgiveness to whoever's involved or whatever. I just think the layers of this issue are so much more complex that it's almost like, well, this is a good movie to start, right? Like this is a good conversation starter for a lot of people. Like sure, what they did was bad, but if we've gotten so many movies about bad white people without the same sort of discourse and without the same sort of, oh, we better boycott this because it's not true to life, it's not true to the victims, it's not fair to history... I think, you know, this is a good movie that that proves you can kind of create an interesting story with as inspired by history um, without pretending, without glossing over the bad parts. Right. Like, like I just think about recent historic films like The Green Book and the Bohemian Rhapsody and the um, sanitization that happened there to make a white audience more comfortable with difficult topics, be it race or the LGBT community. And like that feels more problematic than a movie that's so upfront about its own complications that I trust this movie to tell a better and more honest story, even as it kind of smooths over the rough edges. Well, also, it's like we have, yeah, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of white movies that are doing similar things that you could, you know, squabble about the historicity of. And so it's like, yeah, shouldn't uh, all races be able to have slightly problematic films yeah. that are like, <laughs> yeah. you know, good as in general, but maybe have some issues that you're like, eh, I don't know about that. I mean, like, it can't just be the we can't hold like white people to one standard and then everybody else to. A different standard i i feel like this a little bit sometimes with um with just like liberal people in general like we are so um uh, like we're we have such high standards which i think is good in a lot of cases but then it ends up like even things that are like 90% good we're sort of like well nope that's bad we got to get rid of it mm-hmm. and then but like conservative people obviously are, are working on a different rubric and so their stuff is just continuing on and on and on well we're like well biden is actually a horrible president and it's like well is biden like that bad of a president and if we're comparing him to a lot of other people like yes maybe he's not doing every single thing the way we would like him to but also is that even possible to do you know it's, <laughs> i think that, well i think that sometimes <laughs> though it's like uh you sort of like cut off your nose to spite your face sometimes with. Okay, Taylor Swift. Yes. Things. Oh, does she say that? In the- 
I mean, that's like a well-known phrase. I know, phrase, I know. I'm just joking. She didn't come up with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like to boycott this movie is, uh, I don't I feel like it's the... It's a weird line to draw when we've already given so yes. many passes to other And I think in... And in the in like I think the thing that's probably more important, I mean, and like you said, like if someone doesn't want to go see this, then they shouldn't have to like, you know, I'm not trying to force anybody to go see it. But I'm like, I think that the greater good to come out of this movie is oh, it does really well in theaters. Yeah. People like it. Um, it gets awards. And so therefore in the future, there are more opportunities for black storytellers and for African stories in particular to get told. Um yeah. Whereas if we're like, well, this wasn't 100% historically accurate and therefore we should not go see it. Well, then that sort of shuts the doors on a bunch of other things down the road. And white films have not had to go through that same vetting process that is so, um, you know, meticulous. Yeah. And I think I just want to point out, it's not just like liberal elites who are against this movie. Like there is a big movement on, the so-called black Twitter um, asking to boycott this. And I think that is wrapped up in a lot of complex feelings around uh, the history of enslavement and um, all of that. And I, I like totally honor and see that argument. Um, And I think you, you can have the same situation where Lupita Nyong'o was not comfortable with this film. And supposedly it was after learning about the realities of this tribe, she decided to take a step back. And like, I totally can see why but i can also see why viola davis felt like this was such an empowering moment for her as an artist and as a black woman and so i think you know uh, black people are not a monolith and uh, hollywood should not pretend they are and so i feel like this is a nice story because like you said the overall effect of this film is a net positive this doesn't you know um it, it it provides sort of like a healing rewrite of history in a way it provides a happy ending in a situation where there weren't really any. And I think that's okay. Like we get our, we get the realities of this horrific world so often that it's nice to have a movie that deals with the history and acknowledges the pain, but also gives you this uplift that lets you walk away and feel like inspired by something to do something or to care about something. And so is this an oversimplified history of this tribe? Like, yeah, of course it's a two hour long film that's operating as an action flick that needs to give, uh, you know, your rising and falling action, your climax and your, uh, your, your completion. And so I think it's like, there's so many Hollywood biopics and historical epics that make themselves look good feel good and all of them have kind of a negative impact where you have things like you know uh i don't know lawrence of arabia or the prince of persia where it's like what are we doing here like what story are we telling what do we want from this or the boy in the striped pajamas like so many films that do a purposely um, malicious almost job of trying to sanitize history and remove their own culpability. Whereas this movie at least deals with it, acknowledges it, and imagines a better ending without ignoring like the reality. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, like Greatest Showman just made stuff up about a very bad person. It's basically 100% fiction. Whereas this is a story where they would have acknowledged Greatest Showman's uh, flaws and then been like, you know what would have been good is if he did X, Y, and Z. And I think that's how I felt about the ending is like, yes, we've entered sort of the happily ever after fairy tale style storytelling, but I'm okay with it because like, honestly, they deserve this, right? Like why not give a happy ending? Why do we have to just like sit and suffer in the pain of this instead of just celebrating a piece of culture that was lost to the generations, thanks in large part to a horrific slave trade? I think if you are a black person or a historian, you're allowed to boycott this movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> otherwise, you're not. You have to go yeah. see it and you have to pay full ticket price. Yeah. I Those mean, we're, we're like, we're like enjoying Gladiator. And I'm sure Gladiator and the character there was not a perfect man, nor like a, you know, a flawless uh, historic figure. Like we sit there and we watch Troy. Like, you know, I feel like we well, just have Troy to. Well, like... Troy was a. We can't. Well, Troy is a great film. We can't get into Troy. There's no. Well, yeah, that's no the thing. Notes. Is like, no yeah, sure. These are great films. They're Brad watchable. They're exciting. But the reality is that they are. That horse. A sterilized version of real people who did real bad things. And I think it's like. John Vega had an interesting point on did. this. I. I the the Trojan horse I don't think actually happened in life. <laughs> There's no way they built a giant horse and hid people in it. I don't know. Take it up with historians. I haven't How delved big into would the that. Horse have to be? But I will say, John Boyega was asked about this, and he's like, "I like that this movie is about self reflection. It's a movie about trauma, but we're not necessarily here to preach like art can live in an." He says, "Art can live in a moral or immoral space." And could sometimes just be about shining a light on human nature, history, and the reality of that conflict. So I think he makes this point where it's like everyone contains these multitudes. There is good and bad, and no one is purely one or the other. I mean, some people are purely bad, but for the most part, and I we're complex. Um, and so I think it's nice that they, you know, in a world where we've had to give our roses our laurels to gone with the wind we can allow the woman king to exist you know like i think we have done so much worse with our sanitizing of history and making the winners so so called uh comfortable with their sins that we can allow a movie like the woman king that takes some liberties in making a African tribe who was surviving the effects of colonialism, like feel more empowering and celebratory than maybe it deserves. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Do you think that, um, do you think that this movie will continue to, uh, do well? Or do you think that this controversy will flummox it at all? this controversy is this loud is that loud it's like i think for the most part <laughs> you have a large white audience that will never see this because they're racist um and then you have the audience who would happily see this so i feel like the 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 loud detractors have their strong and personal reasons for not wanting to see this and i can understand that um but i think this movie will continue to do well i think it's an exciting and kind of fresh film however you look at it as a biopic as a historical drama as an action movie 
And so it's fun. Like I would go see it again, honestly. I think it was just so visually tantalizing too from the action to the costume. Yeah, the costumes are great. Yeah. And the performances. And there's definitely moments where I was like, wow, that was like really powerful. And it wasn't always the things you'd expect. Like there was a moment where they were all just dancing, celebrating something. And I was like, that's just like a beautiful shot right there. And I think that sort of movie where you're excited by different shots and not just the overarching story are always the fun ones to rewatch. The real question is if you and I had to do that spear battle where we put a spear in between us with pointy ends, <laughs> I would uh, win. which one of us would win? I would a hundred percent win. One, I have a high pain tolerance Two, I've given birth to a child and three, you're just more of a baby. Generally speaking. <laughs> what? You don't I think also, I would win? I also have a high pain tolerance. Okay. I run marathons. Okay. I guess the marathon thing, you do have like stamina. I don't, I mean, I haven't given birth. I will say this though. I will say this. I do not do well with blood. Yeah. So, you know what I, I would do is I would bleeding. just shove my heart in there and see it and just. And just shock you so that you step back. Like, I think it would just be it. I think I would be fine with the pain. I think that <laughs> what would happen is, is that if as soon as I saw that one of us was bleeding, I would start getting lightheaded. <laughs> I don't do well with that. Well, then, yeah, I would definitely win. It's hardcore. It should be featured in Creed 4 or something, uh, part of his training regimen. Oh, yeah. I mean, Creed 3 comes out in March, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Michael B. Jordan is... Um, <laughs> The d- director for it, so oh. it will be fun. Wow! Although yeah. I don't think Rocky's in it. Well, I think he had his farewell in the last one. Good right, for him. but but yeah, but Rocky's supposed to die in the third one, so I guess maybe he will just off screen. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anything else regarding the Woman King? No, I mean, I would I would urge you to go see it. I think it's like a really good theater movie. It's like yeah, big budget. Oh, it's so exciting fun. to see. Such a fun, like, date night movie or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, go and see it in the theaters. It's worth it. And I don't know that there's a lot of other great stuff out at the moment. Next week, we have the long-anticipated Don't Worry Darling don't that will worry, be darling. making appearance. Um, but, yeah, I don't... I think that this is the movie of the moment. Um, like, the award stuff, I think, that's good is being saved until, you know, October, November. So... Yeah. Yeah. I would say go see it. Yeah, you might as well. Um, okay. We will be back next week. <laughs> hopefully. Um, you know, get We have this. to. Don't worry, darling. I've been waiting Don't for worry. this. I've been waiting for it as well. Florence <laughs> Pugh, Harry Styles. I'm going to see it on Thursday. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um Okay. Well, in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. You can write us an email. You can leave us a review. Um, but we will see you guys next week. Oh, and our 200th episode is coming up. And we have something fun planned. So oh, yeah. we're slowly but surely getting there. I thought we, I, I, when we decided what we're doing, I was like, oh, this will be next week. And I'm like, no. oh, no, we still have 17 <laughs> months. But we're getting closer. Yeah, it'll be good. Okay. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.